0: Welcome to episode 131 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Hades. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Chicken McCourt, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Michael Rufalo.
1: I'm excited to talk about a very good game.
0: Here to talk about a very good game with us is our friend, the chief guns officer of the Left Behind Game Club, Momertati. This
2: might be the best game I've ever played or the worst game I've ever played. Wow. (laughs)
0: Whoa! <laughs> Somewhere in the middle uh, And for the third time Back once again on the show uh, It is Flora Eloise Welcome back to the show Welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation for sure. uh, Of course uh, So you can find Flora on our episodes Previously of uh, last day of June As well as a short hike But for those folks who don't know you uh, Go ahead and, and tell the folks a little bit About yourself
3: Yeah, um, I run a website called Epilogue Gaming. Uh, We kind of focus on video games as art, literature, and a storytelling medium. Uh, We've been kind of running that for a couple years now, and I mostly focus on writing, so
0: um and you were streaming but the one thing i would absolutely recommend everyone do uh i think you have impeccable taste in gaming (laughs) uh so uh if folks want to follow you on twitter uh you post all the games you're playing and typically there is some really fun games in there uh that you wouldn't find otherwise so from a curation standpoint uh your twitter is fantastic uh where can folks find you on twitter
3: Oh, um, I'm at Ludo Narrative FM, and um, yeah, that thread has been really fun to kind of keep up with. I started it because I stopped streaming and I wanted a way to kind of like visualize all the games I've been playing, and uh, it's been fun keeping up with it.
0: Absolutely phenomenal. Michael, uh, I think you wanted to run Flora
1: through the gauntlet uh, yes, of yes, questions. Gauntlet yes, gauntlet so Go oh, ahead. Just for, for the listeners that don't know, we usually do this with our guests before we hop online to you know kind of loosen everyone up, get a little bit more comfortable with it. But we think letting you in on the behind-the-scenes magic uh, will take this to the next level. So, Flora, I have a few questions for you. Okay. Don't be too intimidated. They're going to come at you <laughs> flying fast. Just give us the best answer that you have. The gauntlet begins. So what's a really popular game that everyone seems to love, but you don't like?
3: Currently, I would say anything Metroidvania. So Metroid Dread comes Mm. to mind. It just came out. I just don't enjoy environmental exploration, the difficulty, all of that sort of stuff.
1: Okay, Okay, great. If you had to marry the last video video game character you played, who would it be?
3: Well, technically, it would have to be Zagreus, the subject of Hades, because I just <laughs> logged on to check my stats and everything. But prior to that, um, I would say maybe um, Yagami from Lost Judgment.
1: Okay, Ooh. okay. We, we do have a Yakuza channel in the Discord for all of you uh, Yakuza fans. Um, have you ever had a crush on a video game character? And if so, who?
3: Tifa Lockhart, yes. That's a good
2: answer. Easiest nope.
3: answer so far.
2: <laughs> oh, okay uh another one if you had to play a game against your worst enemy and you had to choose which controller they use which one would you give them
3: i think i would give them a guitar hero controller oh they have just enough <laughs> to be dangerous as far as inputs but very yeah. frustrating also at the same time
2: you just play rainbow six and like using that as a controller could you imagine <laughs> no <laughs>
1: Okay, the last question that I'll ask you is, have you ever wanted to live in a world from a video game? And if so, which one and why?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, I guess it depends. I feel like off the top of my head, for some reason, Cyberpunk 2077 just came to my mind. Um, Even though it's depicted as this like dystopian, hellish landscape where, you know, all of these corporations are just grinding people into the dust. But there's something really compelling about it at the same time. And it's obviously quite visually beautiful, so very good very uh, good
0: as long as we aren't T-posing our way through the entire world that'll we'll be fine <laughs> yeah you would
3: you'd walk around on your commute to work and get a few giggles in with all the bugs and glitches so you'd be fine
1: amazing <laughs> thank you for indulging me thank you for the questions uh, those were great
0: This is not a show about Cyberpunk 2077 Although one day we may do that Uh, This is a show about Hades uh, Developed by Supergiant Games Published by Supergiant Games Available on Windows, Mac OS, Switch PS4, PS5, Xbox One As well as Xbox Series X and S Originally released released on September 17th, 2020 Uh, We're going to run into a segment we call The Fast Pitch Which is a one sentence description of the game That we are about to talk about Who wants to describe this game succinctly first?
1: I will go first it is a narrative-driven roguelike. <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Beat that. Uh, All right. That's
2: very tough. Oh, I'm gonna go next then. It is a slashy slash featuring the crew, the the stars of uh, Disney's Hercules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good. Florida, do you want to go next?
3: Sure, I, I prepared one, so um, I would say Hades is a family dysfunction simulator where everyone is hot, there is an achievement for petting a red three-headed dog, and pomegranates are well-represented. No. That Accurate. was very really
0: good. Mike, Mike was succinct, Flora was flawless, and I'm just going to come in and say, it's a roguelike based in Greek mythology where everybody's sexy.
1: <laughs> I mean, do you really expect the Greek gods to not have some... You know, some real yeah. spice behind the, their, their appearance. The, the stuff. Yes. Uh, they yeah. have a lot of intercourse with a lot of people throughout <laughs> the mythology, you know? Uh. I don't think it was... Uh, yeah.
0: He goes there. He yeah. goes there. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the time capsule. Uh, this is a segment where we just run through and talk about uh, the things that were happening around the release of this game. Uh, so games that were released around this, other games made by the same dev, etc., etc. Um, set the stage... Um, what games came out around the same time as this one, Mike?
1: So, um, I think if we remember just to like set the stage a little bit, um, this game was released during the game awards as an early access and you can follow along on a clip documentary that goes behind, but behind the scenes. Um, but this was like very odd for, or what I, not what I was expecting for this game because Pyre had just come out the year before. And they were basically mm-hmm. developing this game in public from the get go, um, and you know, like other games in this vein that had come out around this time, Dead Cells came out in 2017. This was the winter that we were getting Smash Brothers Ultimate, so other things were oh. were in in the in the air. Um, I think I was really locked up in Mutant Year Zero uh, when this game came out. That's what I was spending a lot of time on my my turn based XCOM. In uh, post-apocalyptic future, where you play a, a, a giant duck.
0: And Mike, you know the history here really well. They had one of the first Epic Game Store like early access deals, right?
1: I think I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, again, if you watch that no clip documentary, which I think we will link in the description, um, very good, and it shows a ton of the behind the scenes stuff where they were freaking out that the website uh, that the <laughs> trailer pointed to. Was not live when the trailer started. <laughs> they had to wait. They they were you know furiously working behind the scenes over the course of the the ninety second trailer to get that four oh four resolved.
2: Wow!
0: Not only that, but I remember Amir, who is one of the designers of the game, um, was freaking out because the Epic Game Store page went live like an hour before it was supposed to premiere at the Game Awards, so they freaked out thinking that their whole thing was going to leak. Nothing on the front page, but if you typed in Hades in the Epic Game Store, there it was for you to try.
1: <laughs> the, the... I feel that really deeply. <laughs> you've, been, you've been similar, similar places. Yes, um, I have. <laughs> the, the other thing that I would add, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like roguelikes today are way more commonplace as a genre. Uh, but back then, I don't know if they felt as common um i think there was binding of isaac i think there was you know dead cells had just come out um there were some others for sure um uh, but just not nearly as prevalent as i think they are today where you know that generative style randomized game is uh is becoming more popular
2: yeah and like i think it also was like perceived as like a niche game style if that makes sense you'll you'll never see it like be played by like the average person whereas like now i feel like it like you said mike it's the steam has picked up i would never have played it I would never even looked at it it would have been a too small of a game for me um to even play five years ago i think
1: ago. if i remember correctly when we floated this past you mo know, you you were not interested most likely
2: yeah my origin story with hades was very really awesome let's just say that <laughs>
1: I think there were a couple of games that we twisted your arm and said, Mo, there are a lot of, a lot of weapons in here that you're going to like.
2: <laughs> and they even, they even like shoved in a sympathy gun for me just, just just to make sure I played it kind of thing.
0: Now, I guess I have a question for everyone, and I'd love to start with Flora on it. Um, what is your history with Supergiant games? Uh, have you played all their titles? We've played Bastion on this show, um, but I want to know, have you played their other games? I have a bad habit
3: of purchasing discounted games and never playing them. So that unfortunately applies to all of the above Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Um, I was kind of cheer pressured into trying Transistor, but I haven't actually gone past the install stage yet. Um, but eventually I plan to get there. Hades was my first exposure directly to playing one of their games.
1: At least you can feel better knowing that you don't buy multiple copies of the game and not play it. like some <sighs> It's other happened. People. Michael's. <laughs>
2: Like who would do in. that? Who would do that? I don't yeah, think I who do would
1: really person? do that? Right? Like, what kind? I of crazy may have played person? Hades on two different
0: platforms, but we'll <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I've played all of Supergiant Games games except for Transistor. Um, Pyre is a uh, like mythological basketball game, if you will. Uh, Bastion is just like a an RPG, like a, a top-down RPG. And Transistor is very similar, but has a more of a, instead of a real-time vibe, it has a little bit more of a, like, stop and start kind of combat. Uh, I've not played Transistor, maybe will one day. But, Mike, is is your kind of lineage the same?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember watching Building the Bastion on Giant Bomb when they had just, you know, they said we were developing this game. Um, I played Bastion on launch. I loved it. I did not play Transistor or Pyre as much as they, I thought they looked really interesting, and I, I've wanted to. They're, on, they're in my backlog. Um, and it's interesting playing this game because it seems like the natural progression in one way or another. It, it looks a lot like Transistor with an ancient uh, Greek aesthetic, and it plays similar to Bastion. So it's, it's interesting. It feels like the next step for, for Supergiant games.
2: Um, To be honest, these weren't games on my radar. Um, The only one that I kind of have experience with was Smash Bros, but this was also like when it originally came out, it was during my like lull in like video games where I didn't really play much of what was like going on. It was basically just games I had like lying around um, uh, like the Call of Duty or the Maddens kind of like once in a while I wasn't playing a lot of games and that's why these ones being like niche kind of like I was saying slipped past me. They, they, is, anyone here like,
0: is anyone here like a big roguelike person? Because I would say I am like medium with the with the genre. I enjoy games like Obviously I Love Rogue Legacy. I love Dicey Dungeon, which came out last year. Highly recommend that one if if you haven't played it. Nuclear Throne, Enter the Gungeon. Um I think that's basically all of them I've played. So I would say I'm like a medium fan.
3: I would say Hades is actually the only real, like, roguelike that I've actually fallen in love with. Um, I've dabbled with a few that you just named, but this was the first one that really hooked me, and I think it was just because of the, sort of the art style and the writing, just the way that this game kind of presents itself is really strong.
1: I'm blanking on the, Lem- there's, there, what's that game that we played that, uh, you're in the spaceship and you go through space?
0: Oh, uh, FTL. FTL!
1: I don't know how I totally forgot the name of that. Um, but FTL is I think one of the first roguelikes I played and by no means can I say I'm big into roguelikes but I think pretty unanimously I like every single roguelike I've touched. Like I enjoy, you know, you guys know this about me. I enjoy games that can be hard and that you need to overcome and not by, um, you know, the game getting easier but by you being more skilled and, you know, more aware of what's coming at you.
0: So now that we've kind of set that up, talked about the game a little bit, talked about our love of roguelikes, uh, I'd love to know before we jump into this game, how'd you play this? Uh, I'll start and say that I played it both on Switch, did about 50 runs on the Switch, and then did another 50 runs on Xbox Series X when it came on an Xbox Game Pass. Um, Mike, how did you play this one?
1: I played it entirely on my Xbox through Game Pass, uh, and it was a joy.
0: Flora?
3: Um, I played probably my first 50 or 60 hours on Steam um, on my PC, and then I took a little tiny vacation after getting the vaccine and um, ended up double dipping on the Switch as well just because it has the cross-save function. That was really, I I think, a boon for me to just know that I wouldn't have to start over from scratch. So I've I've probably played a collective...
0: Sorry? You made, a, you made a Hades joke, and Mo was smirking because of it.
3: <laughs> I tried to bury it in, in the lead there.
2: Yeah,
0: no, totally. <laughs> uh, PC controller or uh, mouse and keyboard? Um,
3: controller predominantly. Ever since I got my DualSense hooked up to it, it's been kind of a no-brainer. as my favorite controller currently.
0: And how's a cloud save work on it? Um, I don't actually remember it's a very simple
3: setup um it when you first boot up the game there's like an option in the menu where you can say hey link it with this other thing and um then every time you finish a run i think it saves and, and crosses oh, cool. over
0: very
2: easy mo um, how'd you play me totally on the switch and it was the switch that made me continue playing it because i was almost forced to continue like trying it out on a, a, a same thing as uh, as flora it was on a trip i was kind of forced into playing Uh, Didn't have anything really to play. Hades was loaded up. I just beat Breath of the Wild and I had nothing else. And then I started doing a few runs and I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I continue playing this? It was (laughs) being on a mobile device. I think that's what kind of made me stick to it. And that's how I played it throughout.
0: So let me set up what Hades is all about. It is a dungeon crawler. It's a roguelike. And you go through multiple runs where you are trying to make your way out of the underworld uh to the real world uh you play as zagreus he is the son of hades Uh, you find out more about him and his story and i don't think i'm gonna get into that uh but you have a choice between different weapons different boons mike just made a face you're gonna learn some things you're gonna learn some things uh and each run you try and make your way through rooms that are populated with enemies and uh you you face a boss at the end of each each world and and that's it i i've beaten this game a total of uh drum roll uh 21 times jeez so let's
1: let's jump right in you are hardcore yeah Holy you know cow. me um hardcore okay Harry. are we are we doing spoilers i think we should
0: Yeah, I think that we will spoil everything except the very, very late game. Because I don't think anyone here has, like, (laughs) gone to the epilogue. But we will spoil most things. So if you want to play Hades and find out the story, you should probably pause this, play the game, come back to it when you're in a good place. And also,
3: as far as that spoiler warning goes, kind of like pause the podcast now and come back later. (laughs) Hades is a game that it's not exactly clear when you finished it. And there's more after the credits as well. So as much of a time sink as it may seem, I would recommend maybe getting to the credits. Like, there's so much story here.
0: Mm-hmm. So I need to ask. So I set it up and said that I've beaten this game 21 times. Uh, how many times have y'all cleared this video game?
1: Twice. Mo?
2: I've, I have finished six times. Six times? Yeah, I think okay. I've, with five different weapons, I believe. no. Yeah, five five weapons.
0: Flora's excited. I think how many?
3: I think I'm in the 30s. Um, wow! So, I will double check that figure, but I'm pretty sure it's like 36 or something.
0: Um, okay, so we know how many times we cleared it, but I think it's important for us to set up how much we know about Greek mythology before we, we get into this. <laughs> totally. I'm assuming that a few of us, and I probably know who, uh, Flora and Mike, are huge fans of Greek mythology. Is that fair to say?
1: You first, Flora
3: somewhat um i was always interested in it when i was younger i remember reading um various mythological texts for fun and stuff but i don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of who everyone is and how they all interrelate and what their backstories are um and i kind of like how hades doesn't assume
1: that you have that knowledge it is great that it doesn't assume you have that knowledge because i think so like you know maybe not a surprise to many of you I was a giant fan of, like, Greek and Roman mythology and, you know, ancient Egyptian mythology when I was a kid. I was a little weirdo reading the ancient Greek text, (laughs) Um, and I I would, like, nerd out on that stuff. I thought it was the best, but it has been so long since I had, like, read any of those things that I came into this super rusty, and this game, like, talking about the different characters, meeting them, hearing how they interrelate was, like... just breaking all the rust off like the 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 gears it was amazing to feel all that stuff come back to life
2: yeah that I had the same experience, Mike. I'm like every time a new god was discovered, I'm like, remember this guy? And then they'll have like an interaction. Specifically, the one I'm talking about is like Poseidon and Zeus, so uh, brothers. Uh, Zeus is head honcho essentially. And there was like one moment when I was unlocking a boon for Poseidon, and he's like, "Oh, hey Zagreus, you know what's your strongest, most powerful?" Aunt. And all of a sudden, you hear like a cough, and it's like, oh, "What did you say?" And it's Zeus popping in. He's like, <laughs> "He's like, oh brother, I didn't see you. I'm sorry." You know, and I got like a duo boon because of that. Of the Little banter. I loved every minute of it because it was so organic too. Like,
0: can I say something that's that's potentially very stupid? Um, I thought that Supergiant Games created Zagreus for this game, not realizing that Zagreus is an actual character in Greek mythology. Oh. Okay, Mike's giving me a nod. That that seems like a fair one. That's
1: totally fair. Zagreus is like okay. a non-character, like yeah, in, in okay. ancient Greek agree. mythology. Like, okay, there is yeah, there is a uh, there is a myth that uh, that he is involved with, which is like, you know, what all these characters are based on, but it not not a major character by any means, not even a minor character, frankly. And
3: just to go a little further, there's other characters that I don't think necessarily are always kind of belonging in the same stories when they're natively told in the original text, like chaos is a character in this game, where you don't necessarily hear chaos and Poseidon bantering when you learn about these things at a young age, I would
1: suggest. Absolutely. Um, just fun little thing. What do you so knowing that all of the all of the gods are a god of something, and Zagreus, the uh, the the son of two gods, has to be a god. What do you think Zagreus is the god of? Does anyone know? I'm gonna say
0: being sexy. I'm
1: I'm gonna say he's the (laughs) counter character
2: to Loki, and he's like the god of mischief because he seems like he's snarky and he's always like jabbing at everyone.
1: so that's Hermes, and that's what I wish some of Hermes' boons would have been. Hermes is like the Loki character. Mm. Uh, go ahead, Flora.
3: I, I don't know if you're are you asking this as a hypothetical or are you about to drop the knowledge hammer on I'm gonna
1: drop the knowledge hammer.
3: <laughs> okay. Because the game tells you at some point you're oh, done blood. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if they, that matches the mythology itself, but
1: kinda. Kinda, right? Because they I mean the one of one of my favorite things in this game, and it's a stupid thing. It's so dumb. But like Zagreus has these conversations with different characters where they're like, What are you the god of? Like, you have to be the god of something. Like, maybe you're the god of blood. You know, you bleed unlike all of the other gods. There's no Iker, etc., etc. Zagreus is the god of rebirth. Oh. (laughs) Gotcha. Right? Really? Yes. Is that not perfect? Yeah. Yeah, for the game structure that makes it. Yes. Is that not
2: perfect? Dude, some software yeah. engineer was in like some like, Greek mythology like course, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can make a rogue game. <laughs> the character's <laughs> perfect for it. <laughs>
1: it is so perfect at every it, like at every point in the story that they tell, um, which we're gonna spoil, but like I'm just gonna drop a little bits. Like when you find out that you died as a baby and were reborn, and you're like, what? Like what? How? How? What? Is that like a trick or something? You're like no." That is literally what you're the god of, dying and being brought back.
0: Yeah. Well, they thought he was still stillbirth, stillbirth, right? Right. That's, exactly. Yeah. Right. I can just picture, so Greg Kasavin, who's the writer director of this game, just running through his studio, being like, "Guys, I figured out what our next game is about. He's res- he resurrects himself. Yeah. It's a roguelike.
2: We don't have to pay royalties to anyone. This is like <laughs> century." <Yeah. laughs>
0: Uh, The truth bombs you only get on the Left Behind Game Club, uh, so stick around for this. Um, Gameplay. uh, It is a hack and slash uh, dungeon crawler that feels very good to play. Mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all, but it's like the perfect combination of like dashing, weapons, powers, boons. It just, it feels sublime to play.
1: I would say it can feel sublime to play. Okay. Um, I think that there are some weapons that are just frustrating. Uh, on all accounts to use um and i think there are you can really pick the wrong boons and set yourself up for a really bad time um but but yeah generally if you if you like play it in a smart way it can feel really really good
3: um which weapons do you find to be more frustrating because i think that that kind of mileage may vary under my conversations with other people
1: i'm sure everyone has different preferences but i found the bow and arrow to be very frustrating Oh uh, no, that's my favorite weapon. Well, you're better at this game than. That I am. might be Jacob. I think <laughs> that's like the meta weapon. Like that's It is. I was okay. looking this up. I was looking at the, the different aspects and like all of the bow and arrow like aspects were really high up, but all of the weapons that I like to use were like uh, what I felt was OP was like the gun, uh the 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 gun the and adamant the, shield, the Adamant Rail and the shield and uh the the pitchfork um like the eternal spear the eternal spear those were the those were the ones that i felt were like the strongest easiest to use easiest to play with um just adapted to my play style no matter how i wanted to play whether it was up close or further away um but i did not find that that was the case with with uh with some of the others
3: um i think an underserved weapon in this analysis here is the shield, which is my go-to. That's like my comfort food. It looks like Mo's comfort food as well. Um, there's it provides a nice balance of, like, up close for the dashing that Jacob mentioned, and also allows me to keep my distance in certain annoying rooms, because as the game progresses, the enemies change their variations, and some of them have, like, multiple armor sets, depending on the sort of difficulty modifiers you add to the game, and it just becomes a nuisance sometimes, and what I prefer to do is to throw on one of the god uh, boons, I think it's called Doom, where uh, it's from Ares, where it basically just takes extra damage after, like, a two-second waiting period. Basically just get behind some cover, run around, spam that, get some damage down. like That sort of thing really allows me to feel dynamic, and it took me a long time to start using the cast in this game. Um, for whatever reason, I would get so caught up in just hitting with your normal attack and using your special, which for the shield is throwing it, that um, I kept forgetting that I had another sort of projectile the whole time.
1: So. I'm, so, I'm just so happy seeing Mo clap. Like You just like, <laughs> spoke to his soul when you said that. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I felt like the shield was so OP. Like you could just hold the shield up and it would guard against any damage coming directly at you. I was like, how do you beat a weapon like this that it not only defends for you, but also attacks very, very well.
2: Yeah, totally. That's what that was the one of the like major features of the shield was you're always safe essentially. If something's going on, you can always back up and hold your shield out. Um, I found with the bow, though, that one was the easiest one for me to kind of get wins. Primarily because the build route I went with was a lot of like Athena blocking with the volley. So when you're throwing the volley, you're pretty much creating a wall of nothing hitting you and deflecting back. And if you get that multiplier where like deflect does more damage, or you add like a jolt to your arrows, and eventually there's like a Daedalus hammer upgrade where you can send like nine shots with your vo- your special. Like, it becomes almost like you just stay behind a wall, just launch a couple volleys, get the multipliers going, and you're laughing.
0: I made a tier list of the weapons in my mind, and I would love to share this with y'all. Absolutely. S yes. um, tier, bow. Wow. A tier, fists, rail. Um, B tier, so I said S tier. Yeah, B tier is the shield, and then F tier is the blade and the spear. They both can go
1: and never Oh, wow, out. this wow. is so cool.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. so when when I when you I are started, you're better play, than me at this. Yeah, so <laughs> For I, once I'm good at a video game. Uh, th- this game I played a lot, like I said, when I was traveling a bit, and I had a good buddy of mine. Uh, shout out Zach, uh, who we were playing this together with, and he had unique like play routes, just like you guys are saying now. So like you're saying the spear is useless. That was like one of my favorite ones to use because it was a con. Like if you get the backstab multiplier going, yes. and you spam it, like. There were so many cool modifications, and it's so awesome here. Like Someone's like, this is terrible. Mike's like, the shield. Ah, no. or like the, sorry, the air the bow is terrible. I'm like, what? And vice versa. You guys are saying the same back at me, so it's cool. I
1: What I loved about the spear was it felt like a sniper. It felt like I could throw it a long distance, get some type of boon modifier of like, oh, it's going to electrocute everyone around him. And by the time I pulled it back, it it was like in a lot of cases, one or two attacks and it would not only clear a lot of people around it, but it would also like kill people at a distance. I didn't even have to like get within harm's range.
3: Yeah, and it's also interesting, like, it's such a trite way to observe video games and say, oh, there's player choice, you get to choose how you want to <laughs> engage with this experience. But like, with Hades, it's actually true, and doesn't feel hollow to say that. And also reflective of that truth is part of, like, it sounds like not only are we um, aligning with different preferences regarding the weapons, but their boons as well. Like, I, I emphasized Ares, I've heard a few others emphasized, like, it's just kind of, there's so many different directions you can take this game.
0: And yeah. what are boons for the uninitiated before Mo jumps in?
3: So boons are kind of just little modifiers for your weapon. You start off with none of these boons, but over time you make choices between doors and you can unlock things like adding lightning or adding splash damage or adding the whatever the heck, the, um, like the Artemis chasing arrows. There's so many different kinds. And over time they stack on top of each other. Some of them can level up when you get these pomegranates and etc.
1: No, totally. And like, like one of the ones splash damage. <laughs> I couldn't think of
3: what it was called. It's the Poseidon one, the rupture damage. That's what yeah, it is. It looks totally. like a splat. <laughs> so.
2: No, I love it. Nick I, one of the ones I th- I don't think I've heard anyone mention was I think it's uh, the the god Dionysus or Dion the wine god. Yeah. So that one was it's like slowly becoming my favorite like path to like ramp up because like the passive ability comparable to like jolt and like doom is it, it does continuous damage. It doesn't delay your weight and then like a hit it's always doing damage. So especially if you have, like, the shield or if you're throwing the spear and you have, like, a chain effect of some kind, you enter a room. You just send that out. All the small NPCs are done and you can just focus on the big guys. That's what I found. Having Dionysus there to do continuous passive damage to the room, it was was literally invaluable.
0: I looked after the fact that some of the boons I always used and Dionysus's Dionysus. strong drink... I mean, I'm not Dionysus. Greek, but Dionysus. Dionysus. Dionysus's... Um, strong drink was one of my favorites. So beyond the passive stuff, you also get additional health restoration from all the fountains that you use, which makes sense because he enjoys a, a good drink of that lad.
1: Um, so I was a huge stand for the, for the Zeus, uh, boons. Um, I thought they were like, and this hurt me in a way cause Poseidon's my like favorite of the, of the Olympic pantheon um but i al- i almost always went for Zeus whenever it was an option because lightning strike the boon where whenever you attack someone it does chain lightning if you're using the adamant rail and you get the hephaestus uh perk that changes the changes the fire from like auto shot never have to re- or two ne- auto shot never have to reload you can basically just jump around and and shoot lightning at people out of your gun. It is amazing, and it, it just kills groups of people so very quickly.
2: Did you get the auto tracking upgrade for it by any chance? No. So there's there's one thing you can get where you literally, especially like in the final fight with Hades, there's pillars you can hide behind. In most fights, there's pillars. There's one mm-hmm. situation where he was sending his like volley of like constant death beam at me. I was standing behind a pillar, firing my machine gun, and he was auto tracking, adding lightning bolts to him. Like, it's, it, it, there's, it's, the, the modifiers in this game are so cool, and they change the way you play just the normal weapons they that they stop even becoming that.
1: Is that Artemis
2: that gives it, you that? It, it might be, because I was going through, like, an Artemis phase, I think. Okay. For yeah. the arrow. <laughs>
3: Artemis has the tracking arrows. She's, like, the green uh, little arrow symbol when you pick up her boons. Um, one of the things that reminded me of is my favorite cast, which it, it comes from uh, Demeter, and uh, she has a, like... It's a, like, laser ice beam that, ah. if you upgrade it, will track your enemy's movement and so do, like, just lengthy damage, and you can upgrade not only how long it tracks and whether it tracks, but how much damage it's doing while that whole tracking action happens, so uh, whenever I can find that one as a go-to for me.
1: I like that one as well. Um, the I, I have to say my favorite cast, or I'm not sure if it takes the place of the cast, but it's once you uh, once your cast shards or whatever are out of your inventory and like around the map. Oh yeah! Um, they shoot lightning down because again, I'm a big Zeus stan. Uh, they shoots lightning down, and that's how I beat Hades the first time. I just ah. ran away and just and that's how I beat the Bull of Minos and. And, like, everyone, right? You know, I just shot the cast shards and then ran away from them very, very well while all of the lightning just chipped away at them. Same thing with the Hydra. It's just so OP.
2: Totally. And I had something similar with Zeus because I feel like Zeus is a great modifier. But with when you get the Dionysus Festive Fog... That does a ton of splash damage initially and then creates that little area. And then there's an upgrade where you take like 15% less damage if you're in there, but you can also modify it with Zeus to add lightning in the cloud. And if you have jolt on it as well, you're that's that's how I beat Hades the first time. It was Dionysus in a Zeus build with the shield, essentially, just leaving him in the fog of lightning. It was nuts. It's awesome.
0: Y'all haven't even mentioned, like, Ares' as blade rifts that you yeah. can just throw out, like, a blade rift that slowly causes damage. And if there's a large group of enemies, you can do tons of damage to a lot of, like, low-level minions. But that's, I think, one of the strategies I use to beat Hades a lot is just as he's staying in one place, you throw a, a blade rift and it almost has, like, a pinball effect to a certain degree, too. And it'll bounce off columns and stuff and just cause more damage. It's It's chaos.
3: And there's also the God Calls, which we haven't mentioned yet, uh, yeah. where you basically build up a meter, and over time you're able to summon the gods to help you in combat. Um, and there's actually a cheeky little achievement. I haven't gotten it yet, but it's where you summon the gods' help against themselves. And um, so Did that's that something one. I need to go back and, and work on. Uh,
1: so those are my favorite rooms. Um, so contextually, you know, whenever you complete a, a, a dungeon or a little area, it gives you options of where you want to go next, And it's often this god or that god or do you want to get money or do you want to go to buy something or, you know, where do you ultimately want to go? And some of them have two gods or two boons in it and you need to decide which boon you want out of the two. And the one that you spurn, the god that you do not choose is is just hurt and then comes after you. They send not only a bunch of enemies but like a personification of them. Um, or their spirit coming after you and once you defeat them you then get that other one um, but I did that completely by accident I was using um, I, I was using Aphrodite's call against her and I rarely use the call Th- that's one of the areas that I know I have the most improvement on
0: that's to the make charm this game. right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Useless.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> unless it, it you're
2: fighting chunk. her, those hearts yeah. are
1: annoying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. And I think it does. Like, if you get a five, like, socket, like, full max, like, a uh, power of the the charm, I think it does a good chunk of damage on like a boss if you're at them.
1: Hmm. You got to eat a lot of pomegranates to get there. Well, <laughs> I love the ways yeah. that they weaved just like ancient Greek myth- mythology through this game. Like, and the. They do it so well like the the whole concept being you're fighting your way out of out of hell <laughs> to through the different layers to get to your mother um, or to find your mother is just so interesting and they respect all of the different pieces of lore throughout like um, achilles is, is not supposed to be in the house of hades but he makes a pact so that way he can come down there for a bit so his, his lover can can stay above
0: because he is he is not a god, he is like no. a like a, Greek he's a warrior, hero. right? Yeah. He's, he's a, a hero. hero, got it. Not even a demigod like some others, right? No. Oh. See so you're just adding layers in here. The Zagreus thing is gonna live with me forever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think if I remember correctly, Achilles uh was dipped in <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Mo why don't you tell it? Why don't you tell it?
2: Oh, I don't know much. Literally he was yeah, dipped <laughs> by his like ankles and like because his ankles weren't dipped in like the infinite life juice uh, essentially when someone <laughs> fought him They're like yo take this to your Behind your heel which we don't have a name yet for Die you yes. And then there is like some, some guy like a doctor Who's like we'll call that the Achilles heel from now on
1: I want Mo to give me The recap of every <laughs> Ancient Greek mythological history. story He <laughs> got dipped in the Ancient life juice <laughs> Mo
0: describe Homer's Odyssey to me please
1: we Went uh, to go wait. get a donut One day and then come back
2: he got lost for 40 years. What's wrong with him? You <laughs> didn't know his phone number? <laughs> um, keepsakes,
0: uh, which are an item you get to select and take through levels. Um, I used Scully's Tooth so much. Um, did you all do the same thing?
3: Yeah, uh, Skelly's Teeth, the Lucky Tooth, is actually my most used. Like, there's a precipitous drop-off on this graft of other keepsakes that I've used, but I also have used um, Ares's Blood-Filled Vial and the Palm Blossom, which um, levels up your boons randomly every few uh, rooms. Those are probably my go-tos.
2: No, totally. I think I, I didn't use the tooth that often. I had a flow. My first, when I entered a run, I chose Athena's because I wanted to get the deflect dash most of the time. Uh, And then, like, after the first boss, I would see if I got something, like, worth it. And if not, I would switch to my, like, focused god. So it would be, like, Zeus or um, uh, Dionysus or whoever it might be. And at the very end, pre-Hades, I'd put the tooth on as, like, an insurance
1: uh, policy. You guys use the tooth over uh, Eurydice's. (laughs) Take no damage for for four attacks or five attacks or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, Magic. I did.
2: Yeah, because I, I didn't have to worry. I don't know. It was just kind of like last source of like I might get an extra uh, defiance or whatever stubborn gotcha.
1: I uh, I think I first maxed out Charon's ability without you know realizing it, and then once I clued into what those boons or what those um, you know little trinkets that they give you are, I then leveled up Scully's and used that a ton. And then when I realized, oh, I need to like be conscious about which boons I'm taking, not just walking into random doors and rooms, um I then started like going after Zeus and then Poseidon and then Ares and just worked my way through all of the all of the all of the gods that I liked.
2: Yeah, and I feel like there's like a bunch of tips that like people might not even know. Like I one thing I learned early on was like, you know, the Daedalus hammer, the upgrade that oh, modifies the best. your weapon. Yep. The so best. like one thing I didn't know for like a long time when I was trying to struggle to even like win was like that you get that every time. Like you don't choose another option. Whatever like route is there, essentially do that one because it's always some nasty, super powered like ability upgrade. So that's one thing. If you if no one knows that, do that. Do not skip Hep- it under no circumstances.
1: Hephaestus is low key the best god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Lucky Tooth uh, old spike collar, and then there 's a, a huge drop off of me using everything else and moa i I hard agree with you, and that 's something i didn't when I played it on Switch and I did about fifty runs that 's like probably my biggest mistake is not going after weapon upgrades um, and I swiftly corrected that when I started playing on an Xbox. Because I think it took me literally 30 to 35 times to beat the game for the first time on Switch. And I beat the game for the first time on like my 16th run, um, which was a marked difference for someone who is bad at video games. You're very good
1: at this, though. Uh Uh-huh.
3: Speaking of of the game's difficulty and whether or not people are good at it or not, um, I wanted to ask if anyone here ended up turning on God Mode, which is the difficulty modifier in Hades. No. Absolutely did not.
2: Is that the the very end where you can select different modifiers for your next run or is this something else
3: this is something that's just native in the game settings so the way that god mode works is every time you die you get a slight damage increase like a i think it's either two or four percent damage um so it actually gets easier to play the game the longer you have god mode on and the more times you die it's a very gradual and sort of subtle difficulty modifier but um It's something that I was advised to turn on once you have beaten the game, had credits roll, and then you're starting to chase achievements. That's usually a way to kind of make it a less uh, friction, endurance sort of based
0: experience. Cool. Yeah, the thing that you're bringing up, Bo, is like the the heat um, uh, gameplay mechanic, which once you've beaten the game for the first time, you can then add difficulty modifiers to say, great, I want to beat it with... Uh, enemies having like a shield where one hit and then I can start going after their health. Or the mini-bosses, which we haven't even talked about, will have an extra attack uh, technique that you wouldn't see in the normal game. Uh, I beat the game on 8 heat at the top end. Uh, But you could take the game up to... I think I tried it at 15 or 16 once because at the end of the game you get specific statues... Um if you beat it at I think eight heat, fifteen heat, and then I don't even know lots of heat. Um <laughs> Flora, did you did you beat it with uh with a high level of heat?
3: Um no, the highest level of heat that I have on here is four. Um which makes sense because I I rarely turned it on ahead of time. But once I started trying to beat the game with all the weapons and stuff, I started wanting to kind of farm for resources. And if you beat the game with no heat and you go back to replay it and replay it, um, the rewards that you get from each mini-boss are diminished. So you initially get a diamond or titan blood, which are like very important on the totem pole of currency in this game. And um, suddenly that becomes like you get this currency of darkness, which is like these more permanent passive upgrades. And um, because I was looking specifically for a few materials i started adding heat and that's about as much as i've done as heat for probably with the shield you
1: guys are honestly i think that
0: yeah i think for me i have an eight clear and then everything else is three and below so uh, i'm with you it uh it really cranks the difficulty on the game for sure
1: i've not been able to beat hades with one heat yet so um, really yeah and it's super weird like when i completed my first run I use the the fists, you know, those claws that they give you, and I that's not my preferred weapon by any means. Um, and I've only ever been able to beat the game with weapons that are not my like favorites to play. with. Mm, interesting um, it's yeah such a such a weird thing.
2: When I was trying to get a win for each weapon, I had that same moment where like I was using the fists, which I would never really use. Uh, and I'm like, this is a bad build. What is going? On? And then I clear the third like major boss, and then I get to Hades. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> like this game has a way of like it, you might it might be a bad build, but you might just discover a new way to play.
1: Yeah, I definitely found that like it really depended on what boons I had picked um, and how lucky I got getting Athena, uh, because as much as Athena <laughs> is not my favorite, you know, god or, or boon to take. um, It is so necessary, I found, to, like, stand a real chance against Hades at the end because Hmm. the ability to deflect or the ability to be invulnerable um, or to reduce damage, like, just huge, especially the deflection.
0: Yeah, for me, it was, like, Side Hustle was my number one boon, uh, which just gives you extra money every time you go through, and then Divine Dash, which is that, like, shield that goes around you when you dash, was my number two. Totally. And those were essential to me. Mm Mm-hmm um bosses mini bosses um i loved the mini bosses in this game they were also different also distinct and uh, did y'all have a favorite
1: yeah let's i mean let's set them up right we yeah. we first um as you're escaping the the you know the house of hades you go through different layers of hell and the first first mini boss that you encounter are the different furies um so mm-hmm. it's either megara tasiphony or um, who's the third? Uh, Electo. Electo, exactly. And um, it's random which one you get. At the beginning, when you first start playing the game, it's always Megara. Um, but as the others are introduced, you start fighting them each at random. They all, they all fight in a very similar pattern and a very similar take with slight variations on them. Um, and then, I don't know, did you guys have any preference between them? Which ones you liked fighting the most?
2: Uh, in terms of like easiness I wanted Megara every single time um, but then like I started having fun with Electa because I would just use like the traps to pretty much take her down uh, but uh, to Stephanie it was a loose cannon sometimes if you didn't have a deflect <laughs> it was a little bit of a bad time
3: yeah, and I think it's to Stephanie that is the one that, like, corners you in an increasingly small space. And so the chances of you avoiding damage is diminished quite a bit. And um, that one I, I tend to dread a little bit. But I think it's Electo who sends out those, like, circular spikes. And those also seemingly get me often. So, yeah, Meg is kind of the easy one once you get used to her. She doesn't have any unpredictable patterns.
1: That's exactly yeah. how I felt. Jacob. Same,
0: same, hard same. Yeah, and, and it's it adds another layer because in the story, like check me here. But her and Zagreus are like ex-lovers, right? So then there's that added layer of complication between them.
1: That's what I've come to understand watching videos about this game. But I did not realize that as I was playing. Although I did pick up on some, uh, let's just call it tension, between him and Meg. You know, like there there was definitely some tension in the air. Um, so yeah, I, I just preferred her because it, it was the fight that I did the most and the one that... You know, just like any game, when you face a boss a hundred times, you just learn all of the patterns and how to dodge and how to get where you need to be and when to get out of the way and how to best, you know, get as the most amount of damage in without getting hurt. Um, so that's ultimately why I preferred her.
3: And while we're on the subject of Meg and, like, the potential relationship there, um, I don't know if any of you went through the process of, like, romancing any of the characters, but there's a number of romanceable characters, let's say, where you gift them Nectar and they first give you back a um, one of those keepsakes that we mentioned, and then over time, it feels like it took me 30 hours to get through this. You can romance um both Meg and um, Thanatos, who you encounter as like a sort of sporadic mini-boss. Uh, and there might be someone else. I'm not even sure. But I know for a fact because I've unlocked both of those stories.
0: Um, did I did not. So I obviously gave, because there's, there's two levels of, uh, there's nectar, and then there's the item that is I think it's Ambrosia? Better. It is. Yes, you're right, mm. Ambrosia. So you basically give you know, six to eight different Nectars or the same Nectar to a character, and then you can give the Ambrosia to the character to unlock, I guess, their final story, whatever. I didn't do any of the romanceable paths, but I think I got to the end uh, of, I think, Scully and then maybe one of the two other gods where you get to unlock um, a little icon next to one of their keepsakes uh to say like hey you you got to the end you have a great relationship with the, with these folks but didn't romance anyone and i should have
2: i got a question about that because i'm still kind of like i'm still going to be playing this game mm-hmm. so is it do you just give them the nectars continuously because i just keep getting the heart plus ones mm-hmm. and i just keep feeding it to them it, that's not like an endless pit right like i'm eventually going to get something <laughs> okay <laughs> all right i'm just dumping these like nectars at these people and they're like all right thanks see you later i feel like i'm just throwing like money in a tip jar Seat. Yeah, it,
3: it felt like it took forever because there's so many characters and like first I wanted to collect all the keepsakes and so I was spreading yeah. my nectar thin in that. Well, that sounds strange, but over time <laughs> I um, <laughs> I decided to, to have a more dedicated, deliberate approach, which ties back to that same thing about heat. When you add heat, you get better rewards and so I was able uh, to advance them more quickly.
1: See, I I felt like by, I don't know, where I'm at in the game, I have a ton of the nectar, I have a ton of the ambrosia. And I just have no one to give it to because I want that immediate gift when I give it to them, you know, okay. well, I've not so, romanced anyone.
2: One thing I learned like today, Mike, if you need like Titan's blood, you can sell your ambrosia to the dealer guy and he gives you uh, Titan's blood.
1: So I've seen that in the, in the, you know, the dealer, the trader, whatever his name is. But I've always felt like, oh man, I have never used this ambrosia once, and I will kick myself so hard if I find out that like this is necessary for some like OP upgrade to unlock the third aspect of you know any of these weapons or something. Totally, I'm using it to
2: unlock an aspect, I think. <laughs> but mostly too, I kind of know the weapons I like now. I've played with all of them, so like if I have to waste it on like a specific weapon, I'm like, this is the one I like, so I'm just gonna keep doing it. Because I don't think I'm putting this game down for. A little while,
1: yeah. It's a great yeah. I think game as I went
2: up.
0: through, I think as I went through, I was like trading for what I needed in the moment. So if I needed Titan blood, I would get rid of Ambrosia. Or if I needed some some extra darkness to be able to unlock, because we haven't even talked about that. How there's different powers or different um, buffs that you can essentially give yourself between runs in Zagreus's Room Mirror that can give you Death Defiance, for example, which gives you an extra life, gives you extra health, gives you money when you start. And that's truly the way that you, if you were a bad video game player like me, how you eventually end up winning is you just build up your death defiance so that when you make a terrible mistake, you can live at least through one of them.
1: <laughs> so you mean once you get past Megara and then you get to the next, uh, the next boss, which is the Hydra, that's when yep. you need that? Yeah, exa-
0: that bone Hydra is, let me tell you, when you first start, that thing's scary. It really um, is. But I think by the time I got because it almost looks like a like a marionette head in the way it's animated mm-hmm. because of the way that it moves. But that ended up being my favorite boss um, mm-hmm. just because it had such a fun, predictable formula. That would be like, cool, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to hit his minions. I'm going to hit him, hit his minions. That's it. I'm it, done. It's like I
2: felt... had a baby with Charizard. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah, fair. Um, I felt like that was the boss that I could speed run. Like same, that yep. was the boss, and I felt like by the, I don't know, maybe ten runs in, I was like, this is not a challenge at all. I'm not going to take a lot of damage. I'm going to get through this. I know exactly how to get through this as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah, and not only is that ultimately a very speed runnable boss, but then you gradually unlock his name, which I think is kind of funny. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Um, we've said Bone Hydra, but his name is Lernie, which is just a good name.
2: <laughs> I don't know Wait, when how do you happen? unlock that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it happened. On the path but it like oh, it do? does and then like no I don't remember when it happened it just happened once and then now his name is Lernie and I yep. don't know what I did to do that but no matter what I, so I missed the joke but you've
1: just spent enough time hanging out with him that now you're now you're good friends Yeah, right?
2: no I li- literally and it, it's a throwaway
0: piece of dialogue that uh, Zagreus is like hey we, we've seen each other a lot like can I give you a nickname? I'm going to call you Learny. Like, I think that's literally it. Wow. Like, yeah. It's a fun okay. throwaway line. And and it's
2: great. The best thing about it too, Mike, is like when you defeat it, it doesn't say like Hydra defeated. It, it's just like Learny defeated. <laughs> like it like <laughs> changes the name as you go. Yeah. I, awesome. I love that boss fight. Like, whenever I got to that now, it's like, I'm going to have fun now. Let's go spank his buddies and then let's go take him down like to different stages. Definitely speed run.
0: My least favorite boss is the next one mm-hmm. in Elysium. Uh, and actually, I only really ate half of this, um, but the two bosses are um, Theseus the Theseus and Asterius. Asterius being a minotaur. The Bull of Minos. I, the Bull of Minos. I'm fine with it. Theseus is my least favorite boss in this entire game. Why? Uh, very tough, uh, really flighty, and puts like a shield up at a lot of times and actually imbues himself with a power of one of the gods at one point. Which can be really punishing if you're not ready for it.
1: One of my favorite moments is when him and Zagreus have a of a like fight. Like they're not literally fighting, but they're talking back and forth about how the gods are on their side. And he's like, "Wait, the gods are on my side too. Like, isn't it weird that they're on both of our sides? <laughs> yeah. Can't they make up their mind?" I was like, "This is this is it. Like, this is ancient Greece. You know." I love the dialogue in this game so much in every moment.
3: Yeah, and I think that one of the reasons I totally agree with, like, which one is more difficult in this boss fight, Um, part of the reason I feel that way uh, is that you get to fight Asterius and a mini-boss, like a separate isolated encounter, so you get to kind of practice his moves and stuff, it's the combination of having to pay attention to both, and as you mentioned, like, he puts up the stubborn shield and things like that. Um, but also while we're, we're kind of living in this boss space, there's a little tiny shade who's on your side in the audience, which like, there's just these tiny, speaking of the dialogue, little nuggets that he basically just Zagreus says hello to this little shade every time. If you, if you run up to him after the battle and, uh, he's always there cheering for you with a little banister and everything.
1: I can't wait to see him. I was hoping so hard that the more that you completed this game, the more that the the shades would start rooting for you over any of the heroes in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that would have been like an amazing, you know, yes. sign of your progression. But, but sadly, I did not make it that far to see if that happens. Mm-hmm. But yes, I noticed that little shade and I was like, this is the best because they hang little banners over the railing and some of it's the bull and some of it's Theseus. And then there's this one little like Zagreus banner. And I'm like, oh, my man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you guys? Uh, you can fight the Minotaur earlier and like kind of reduce the boss fight. I liked that. Like that was there specifically because it was like my practice, like warm up. And if I was able to clear him out, and I'm like, I know the gauge. I know I don't need any more like boons. I can fight right now if I have to. It was like my boss gauge. Mm
1: -hmm. I also like Theseus is supposed to be a hero. You know, like a king, just a super accomplished hero. And they definitely give him the confidence of a hero, but he just comes across way more of, of like a douchebag. You know, what if just Hercules
0: like, was a douche?
1: <laughs> yeah, like he really comes across like a douche. Um, and it's just that's not how I wanted to see him portrayed. You know,
0: is he portrayed differently in in other media that you take in about Greek mythology?
1: No, but that's just not what I think. That's not how I imagine Theseus in my in my head. You know?
2: Yeah. And then Jake, Jacob, you mentioned the shield earlier with him. He, he blocks a lot of things. This is when I like the throws a lot, especially like if you had the cast lightning or you're throwing the shield or the spear. You throw it on a wall, it bounces and it's hitting him in the back with backstab damage. And even if he has a shield up, he's toast. That was like a. I, I liked that boss fight. It was the hardest one I felt. It was almost harder than the final. You know, the-
0: Hades wasn't
2: harder. I, I felt like I spent more time grinding uh Theseus and sorry, I can't remember the name, but the, bowl in, uh, the and bull and the heroes. Yeah. Hysterious. I was I took a long time to clear that, and then once I cleared it, the small rooms leading up to Hades were nothing, and then like getting to him, I just had to learn his pattern, and now the game's like unlocked.
1: They also make the bull way too nice and family friendly. Like that bull is supposed <laughs> to eat like virgins and drink their blood you know he was raised in the dark mm-hmm. you know like is the most savage beast they could think of
2: yeah that's I feel the same way with Fenris wolf in like the Norse mythology where like that's like the the wolf and everyone's like oh it's just a wolf it's like no no, no that's the destroyer of the world he eats <laughs> the sun he eats the moon like that's not like a friend <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> also shouldn't he be like naked as well like that to me is what the bull, bull of minotaur should be naked right uh, I'm I'm doing it again
1: um, okay. Thinking about those. <laughs> so you guys, that third boss battle is the one that sticks out in your mind. The one that sticks out in my mind is one that you might not even have to face. And that is the King Vermin. Tiny uh, Vermin, I, t- yes! <laughs> yeah. That's
3: it, the same. So
1: <laughs> when you get to the next level, you're about to bang on the gates of, uh, of Hades. And Cerberus is guarding the door. And to get past Cerberus, there are all of these little tunnels... Um, that you have to go through and some of them might have the bag of meat that you can use to lure, <laughs> lure uh, Cerberus away and some of them don't and you you never know which one it's going to be and if you get unlucky you end up having to face um, this, this tiny little rat that is like the king of all rats that's just like super OP it can teleport it like it h- hits for a ton it is like it is clearly a joke but It is the one that I hated the most.
3: Yeah, and the key thing here is that after you get that little Cerberus snack, then all of these rooms become optional and kind of a weight of, okay, do I need more boons or do I need more resources? Or if you have one of the the kind of permanent perks that I use where your health is restored every time you enter a new room, sometimes that's a nice quick way to heal up. Um, I end up... I find that I clear all of them every time without thinking about it. It just... it it becomes part of my routine that I kind of want all of those extra resources. And luckily, Tiny Vermin is not guaranteed. There are a couple similarly annoying bosses, but for some reason, Tiny Vermin just packs a punch. um, And I really... It's, it's strange, like, why I choose to engage in these optional tunnels, because they have poison enemies, which end up being, in my opinion, the most annoying part of enemy encounters is where involuntarily someone spits a little venom dart at you, and all of a sudden you have to recalculate where in the room the nearest little healing fountain is to stop the poison, and it's it's a weird series of tunnels. It breaks your flow so I hard when so you much. get poison like that.
2: Totally. Yes. yeah, It's the worst. And the, the fact that they're optional, the, the, the way I decided essentially was like, I had to have two things. One, I had to have an upgrade, I think, I want to say it was Aphrodite maybe, where like anytime you drank from a fountain, it would give you full health back. There was that option, or it would give you like an extra X percent multiplier on it. The other thing, there was a keepsake that you can get where you can, you can have you can level it up to the point where there's like a 6% chance that 10 health will drop from vases around each chamber. And that got to the point where almost every chamber I was getting one, sometimes two, like 10 block health. So if I had that, I'm like, okay, those optional chambers, I might be at 50%. I kind of want to fight a little bit better against Hades. I'll take that risk of like, let me farm some health in this optional chamber and then get out of there. But if I don't have any of those, I'm not going in specifically because of that poison.
0: Uh, before we talk about Hades, can I can I bring up like I who I think the most annoying boss of this entire game was? Sure. And, and Mike and Mo, you might not even know this, but um, you can fight Keron.
2: Oh, man. Is oh, yes. that? Wow. How? There's a. So, yeah.
0: Mo knows it, but essentially, like when you're shopping, so Charon, boatman of the River Styx, um, he has a bag of money behind him when you're in one of his shop chambers. And it can. you go up to it and you say, borrow 300 gold. <laughs> and when you do that, he gets mad at you and takes you into a, a boss battle where you have to beat him.
1: Get out of here.
0: Yeah, and it's very tough because you can actually get it very early in the game when you are not equipped to take him on at all. Uh, I've only ever beaten him one time. He has like a lightsaber-style attack that literally covers a quarter of the room. And if you beat him, uh, you get a loyalty card that gets you a discount on all of his wares.
1: What? Just for that run or yeah. forever?
0: Uh, forever. For the entire run. Get out of here.
2: Yeah. Jacob I've walked past that little bundle of money so many times I'm like no I don't need it no I don't need it no I don't need it now I'm gonna gonna try it just for that because there's an achievement in the book too like if you beat him three times or something you get like some crazy five diamonds or something
0: it is very tough. Uh, I don't know, Flora. Did you did you fight Caron at all?
3: I did because I guess I'm greedy and just it totally <laughs> took me by surprise and I was like free money, cool. And then <laughs> I ended up beating him first try, but I, I came out of there with very low health and uh, it made. I don't think I actually cleared that whole run.
0: Yeah, so there you go. I I tell you guys uh, wow. when you play this game some more, uh, make sure you
2: take him on. I'll take a once. shot. Yeah, it's good to know. Did, did you guys fish at all?
1: <clears throat> oh yeah. Okay. Thought, I'm, I'm cool upset thing. with how many times I screwed up the fishing game because it's not yeah.
2: It's like Pokemon. There's like the fake really little is. shimmy or like it sucks yeah, you a out. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and then you got to get it or you're not going to get it.
1: <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about Hades. So you finally get past Cerebus. You start walking out onto the snow and you find Hades there waiting for you. And Badass. Uh, like amazing. Like it is such a good moment. Um, it's also, like, not the portrayal of Hades that I was expecting. Like, he seems way more, like, just angry than he does, like, you know, moody. You know, like, Hades is supposed to be just sad and moody a lot. Hmm. Um, and this Hades is just, like, angry the whole time. He's like, nothing's ever good enough. Not <laughs> only for me, but for you. Um, but he basically sits there and he he talks to you, you know. There's this back and forth, this dialogue. Um, and... You know, when you, I think once you beat him a couple times, you sit down and reflect that like, oh, he's up there waiting for you while he's just getting damaged, waiting for you to get there. And then he still puts you through a freaking ringer of a fight. And it's a multi-stage fight. I felt so ripped off the first time I fought him because (laughs) I completely cleared his health. And then he says, psych, I'm coming
2: back. I felt so proud of myself when I I had a text message ready to send to my buddy when it f- I first cleared his health the one time saying like I beat never mind and I didn't send it because <laughs> I realized he comes back stronger than ever.
1: <laughs> I posted to the Discord the moment that he came back and just wiped the floor with me after he goes like super aggro and I was like I just died to Hades and, like when <laughs> I thought I when I thought I had him and uh, yeah just such a such a moment that feels like a real gut punch the first time it happens. But it really does make you respect how hardcore he is.
0: I think there's a couple things. It's like when he rips off the cape, like it's a true like Mm -hmm. Star Wars moment. Like I I I picture him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Also a wrestling thing. (laughs) Truly a wrestling thing. Logan Cunningham who voiced uh, Hades. Sorry, who? Yeah, who voiced Hades? Um, he voiced the narrator in Bastion, and he's kind of been involved from a voice direction perspective in all of Super Giants games. He's got such a deep baritone, and he's so perfect for Hades. And Mike, the area where I disagree with you is, I I think he was actually quite moody, and like he would fly off the handle really quickly, and you would understand, like, as you keep playing the game, that there are reasons why. He is the way he is, he acts the way he is, and it's just because he doesn't want to let you in completely. Mm-hmm. Um he's like a, you know, thirteen year old boy who's just, you know, pouting because you wouldn't let him watch wrestling on Saturday morning. Um I don't know why I went there. But uh but yeah, I, I think he was quite moody, and I feel like Logan Cunningham's performance really sold it for me.
1: I, I like the design. You know, it's just not mm. what I was expecting. I'm not expecting Hades to be a burly lumberjack i'm expecting hades to be slender and powerful more than he is like you know raw force
0: you want james woods is what you want <laughs>
1: yeah you know what maybe it's because i grew up with james wood being like hades you know mm-hmm. maybe yeah. that's what it is um <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know if there's I don't know if we want to get into the fight of Hades too much, but you end up clearing him for the first time. He attacks you with the spear. It's especially fun when you bring the spear to the final battle, and he says like, "Oh, I recognize that. Like that's the, that's the weapon that I use to fight, you know, against my parents, mm-hmm. um, against the Titans." Um, but uh, but the the battle with Hades just gets super super difficult, or at least. You know, really goes to the next level when he just starts shooting beams like a wagon wheel out of him. Um, and one of the things that I realized is, if you hug him in that battle, if you get nice and close, uh, you don't take damage. Oh, you you can hide behind pillars, or you can mm-hmm. get very very close to him, and the damage doesn't get you. What? Is this a trap? I'm is this Mike? Are you kidding. baiting right now? <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Try it.
0: He's like, die next time, psych. Yeah. <laughs> On your first try at
2: Fighting Gate,
1: you stay really close to him. Yeah. (laughs) I I was watching a YouTube video. I saw it, and I tried it, and it worked, and I was like, this is amazing.
3: I wonder if that's a speedrun strategy or something, because the convenience of the pillars, they're so wide in their breadth. They're pretty forgiving as far as how much uh, wiggle room you have to get behind them before the beams really... Come out, so I, I would imagine that probably came from speedrunners. And um, assuming any of you follow like speedrunning of any sort, um, this game has a pretty active community. And like um, there's like all sorts of really interesting runs, like a fresh file save run and stuff like that, where you start like literally from the get go at the menu instead of over time, like all of us have done, building up all of your perks and keepsakes and such. Uh, there's a huge diverse set of like who speedruns this game and what sort of runs they do. So. Um, I've seen a lot of really interesting tech come out of that community.
0: Just on this time perspective, um, have y'all looked at the fastest time that you've cleared, uh, Hades? Because uh, my fastest clear was uh, 25
1: minutes and 20 seconds. Wow, that's spicy. That's a a very good run. Mine was like 33.
3: I've got a 29.18 sitting in front of me. I don't know if there's
0: anything quicker than that.
2: I have 26.56. 26.56.
0: Ooh, that's a spicy run, too. Yeah. But I would say most of my runs are longer than that.
3: And just to clarify, those times are calculated in-game where there are durational pauses on that time. I I found, given just how many hours that I've clocked in on Steam and such, um, (laughs) that... It's almost exactly an hour for me to complete a run with Hades if I factor in the returning to the house of Hades at the end of a run and, you know, re- like allocating my resources, making a weapon change, anything like that. So it's back to that idea that this is a perfect Switch game. I think that this is a wonderful single sitting. Just do a quick Hades run, leave it installed for indefinitely. And um, I found myself coming back to it for that very reason.
0: So, knowing that, um, I've played Hades for 105 hours. How long have you played Hades for? Um, 68 on
3: Steam and some untold amount on the Switch. I don't think that those numbers correlate because Steam is logging it separately. Um, but do you so probably more than around the same. I think you played a little. You're more in the
0: me. ballpark. Uh, Mo, Mike, how long have you played? And like, are you gonna keep playing?
2: uh yeah. I'm just looking at my profile now. It says 55 hours
1: or more uh on the Switch, and I've only oh, wow. played
2: it there. Yeah.
1: I don't know how much time I have in there. I think I've done about 40 runs. They've probably been about 30 minutes each, somewhere around there. Um, so, you know, you could say about 20 hours, maybe a little bit less. Um, I will continue to keep playing it. Um, but I don't know if it'll be my go-to game when I need to, to do a run or something. It's mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying continuing to make some progress at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are other games... Uh, that we might talk about in the future that i enjoy playing a little bit more
0: um i would love to to jump into a couple questions here uh that actually came in through um the epilogue gaming discord if if y'all are game
1: let's do it let's hop in
0: uh here is the first question that i'm going to bring in were there any parts of the writing that you didn't particularly like and if so Um, how would, how would you have preferred to see those parts handled better? I'm going to leave that with Mike uh, first because he is our resident fan of, of mythology.
1: Um, would I have wanted the writing to be different? No, I thought the writing was like pretty good. Um, there were some characters that I wish would have been like portrayed a little bit differently. Like, um, Aphrodite is not supposed to be just like pure love you know what i mean she's supposed to be like that crazy manic feeling you get mm-hmm. when you're in love you know how you're just like drunk and blind to the world like it's supposed to be that that kind of like on the edge of crazy and i don't think she came across crazy enough or crazy in love um but yeah like on the whole i i really like the game and i like the way that all the writing came together and if you take a step back and think about how difficult it is to do writing for a roguelike um, and have it make sense like holy cow so difficult
0: I just and maybe this dives because I didn't watch the entire Noclip documentary I'm assuming at some point they dive into the dialogue system I just imagine how many spreadsheets and flow charts they needed to have to make this work Totally. I have I'm not too watched the whole this. thing either
1: but yeah I can only imagine
0: mm-hmm. um, go ahead uh, Flora
3: Well, I wouldn't change anything about the writing, but there is simply too much of it, which is a great problem to have is I feel like every time I reach Hades, Hades has some new observation to make about like back to the earlier point about the spear or um, just every time you do something a little bit different, the game reacts to that and kind of adapts seemingly. And um, even in the menus, that like that's just what's narrated. And this is a fully voiced game. There's so much in these little logbooks and just lore dumps about things as seemingly insignificant as the fish that you pick up. Um, but also, like as you gradually unlock the uh, relationships with each of the characters, you get little tidbits as well. There's just there is an ungodly amount present here in this game.
0: Um, I have another question from Spirit Halloween. Uh, that first question was from them. Uh, and then the second is: uh, Do you have any opinions on the three romance routes? I know that we talked about two of them, but there's a third. Um, what's the third? Do you know off the top of your head?
3: I don't.
1: It's got to be Medusa's head, Maid Dusa. It's got to be.
3: I think you're right. I think it is Medusa, right?
1: Yeah.
0: That's a character we didn't even really talk about. Yeah, or Dusa yeah.
1: as she's known. Yeah, Dusa's well, I, funny. I think it's it's got to be a play on Medusa, yeah. Maid Dusa. Right? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's a maid in the house. Maid Medusa. No? Uh, no one else. That didn't you know, click with it me for Dusa. some reason. Yeah, yeah it it really like with me, but she Well, it's also like Medusa was the person and then Medusa gets her head chopped off. So you can imagine that the Gorgon like head would just be Medusa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the whole thing. <laughs> That's even funnier when you spell right. it out, you know, which is a rare occurrence for humor. Uh. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I did not. I Again, I didn't do any of the romancing things, but um, if it's her, I mean, th- that feels like the right path.
0: Um, I want to ask one question that is not in these questions. Um, do we like the art? Because I think the art is a sublime part of the game by Gen Z that we haven't even talked about yet.
1: I will say... Sorry, you, after you, Flora.
3: I, I was actually initially put off by the art. I didn't like the look of it, the kind of isometric design. And But for some strange reason, the longer I was exposed to the game, and there's kind of multiple art styles. There's like the 3D environment and then sort of like 2D art as well. Um, I actually really do like it. And especially in terms of like the musical presentation, which I think fits in the discussion of art. Um, overall, I think that this is actually a really compelling artistic game.
1: I So in terms of like how the, the art style looked... I didn't immediately grab me, very similar. Um and I think it had a lot to do with how they portrayed Poseidon because that's just not how I think of Poseidon. This Poseidon's just like you're like cool uncle, but then you grow up and you realize he's a bit of a like slimy douche, you know? He's um,
0: water Zeus in this in this depiction, right?
1: That's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be watery Zeus, you know? They're mm-hmm. they're pretty much the same type of person you know like kind of mercurial you know you know mood changes very quickly feels like they have complete dominion over everything in front of them um and this guy just
2: pretty much works at a surf shop he's gonna rent you (laughs) exactly yeah
1: exactly so i think once i put once i put the way that they portrayed poseidon and the way that they portrayed artemis like out of my mind i was like oh i'm so into this like nick's amazing that's an amazing way to portray Nick's chaos that's an amazing way to portray chaos um there are just so many good like styles or portrayals of these characters that just absolutely amazing it it puts the one or two that i don't love like way in the distance Mm -hmm. what about you guys um i
0: love the art style um at first I was put off just because the amount of red that there was in there. I am as a person like uh, not a re- red is my least favorite color and if you put red in front of me it actually like actively repels me. And so I didn't make it out of the first world for the first while. Really? And so all I saw was red. And that put me off, but it was only when I DeCampse. got to all of all of my hometown red puts me off. Um but it, when I got to Elysium that's the first time where I went, "Oh, this is like greener and more serene and it really turned me on from an environmental perspective. Um, there were a couple of characters beyond the ones that you shared that I really like to Dionysus. Is that how I say Dionysus. it? it Dionysus. Also, this Dionysus. This is a PG podcast.
1: Like I don't want to know what you're turned on by
0: Dionysus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you just, Sorry, you meant Never mind. Never mind. Give, give me that
0: context. Give me the context for that.
1: <laughs> you earlier said, uh, I went to this green area and it really turned me on. Um, so anyway, Dionysus.
0: Dionysus was like a drunk frat boy with his purple juice. And that really um, was a great portrayal. I enjoyed that a lot.
1: I think he's, he's also one of the best, like most accurately portrayed. Like he is supposed to be just a party, you know, like mm-hmm. he is Mardi Gras, you know, Bacchus.
0: So that's our, our thoughts on Hades. Uh, we've gone for a while here, but uh, let's wrap it up with some final thoughts about this video game. Uh, let's start with Mo.
2: Totally. Um so Hades is I think I've been thinking about it throughout this whole podcast and this recording. It's my favorite game on Switch that I've played, and I think I'm not even gonna hesitate. Whereas before I was kind of wondering like Breath of the Wild, whatever. No, this is great. The art style I love, the music I loved, the the writing I loved, um the like progression of like difficulty, like it does it's not too hard and it once it gets hard you like eventually just like Mike says, you get better, not the game gets harder um nothing is really like spelled out for you like hey go look at this mirror go upgrade you kind of have to explore and you directly see the like fruits of your labor after like exploring and trying on new things um best pick best pickup game to play while traveling for me and i'd recommend it to anyone who says i'm buying a switch i'm like this is an instant buy like before breath of the
1: wild for me oh wow wow um i would say you know you know me i'm a glutton for punishment i like hard games (laughs) Um, But I do feel like this game leans a bit too much on the upgrades that you find as you play that end up passively making you stronger, you know, run by run by run um, as you accumulate more darkness. Um, so that was, you know, a little bit of a turnoff because I, I just felt like at the end of the day, it required me to just put more runs in more than it required me to get better at this you know this combo or learning the right boons to to push together um but on the whole like i love this game so much like it's so so good like that one little gripe um does not overwhelm all of the amazing things in this game and i'm i'm so glad that we decided to play this
0: Hmm. uh i'm i'm with you that this if i were to make a list of games of my life uh, this would be in the top 20 for sure. It is a fantastic video game. Uh, it is on Game Pass. If you have an Xbox, you have no excuse. You get those 4K uh, art assets that just make it look, that make it pop. Uh, the uh, the the frame rate's fantastic. Music's wonderful. The story, we didn't even like really dive into it, but there are layers to the story as well that you just like get as you keep going. Uh, but beyond that for me, it's just a game that like, it feels so great to play. As you dash around the map, use the different weapons, figure out what boons are best for you. Um, it's just so fun. And it is a game that I cannot recommend enough. If you like, even like high level, if you like action titles, I can't recommend Hades enough. It's a fantastic video game that you should not miss.
2: Totally. And I'm a casual too, and I would never play roguelikes. And this became my favorite game. So that's, that's another incentive for sorry your it. is this your favorite name no, uh, switch switch yeah okay, i have some yeah, nostalgic okay. <laughs> series that are there just for pure nostalgia um but yeah recent memory and switch game my favorite game flora
3: um There's a tendency in video games discourse to kind of get swept up by the hype and play what's recently being discussed and what's getting nominated at the Game of the Year awards, and I tend to not really align with that conversation. I try to resist chasing those, you know, currently popular examples. Uh, So I missed the initial hype wave of Hades, and somehow just this idea stuck around in my head. Why is this getting nines and tens out of, like, just across the board, and people won't shut up about this game? And kind of... Similar to the rest of you, I like, or at least uh, with with Mo in particular, like I, I wasn't one who sought out roguelikes, but I bought the game and. I have been sucked in for the better part of a year just playing Hades every now and then. Every few weeks, I boot it up and play a few runs. I play it with friends. We kind of have like an informal race that we do where we sit in a call together and we both boot up Hades and you choose my weapons and my keepsakes and then we match heat levels and then we just see who can clear it faster. Like, it's just a great game to casually play, put on, and um, it's a game I see myself returning to for probably another few dozen hours over the next few months, years, etc
0: that's a fun idea of like getting together with folks and maybe even streaming it on Twitch where mm-hmm. you're watching it in, in party mode or in squad mode yeah. and see who, who beats a run first.
2: Yeah. The best part is like the banter back and forth. Like, Oh, I just got this hammer upgrade. Yeah. Which one should I use? And someone's like, Oh, I use that one. It's trash. Do not mm-hmm. pick it. And the other person <laughs> would be like, no, you got to use it. <laughs> it's great playing with someone. And I can vouch for that too. Cause I did a little bit of that uh, mm-hmm. in, in my first couple runs
0: hey those are our very positive thoughts about a very good video game by supergiant games uh it's hades uh flora thank you so much for coming on for the third time to the show uh if folks want to find you and your uh wonderful taste in games uh where can they do that um thank you and
3: uh twitter.com slash ludonarrative fm would be the go-to place to interact with me and see that list of games i think i'm about 50 games that i've cleared this year Um, Some of those are as short as 30 minutes. Some of them are as long as, you know, 100 hours. But um, I just like to keep that organization there. And then, of course, my work is found at EpilogueGaming.com. And let me say this. If you try out Hades and you don't like it, here's a parachute for you. One of our writers on the website recently published an article called Why I Quit Playing Hades. And so if you don't click with the experience and you kind of want some group therapy, um, head over to EpilogueGaming.com and you can check that out.
0: Uh, I will include that as a link in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, and that article is by... Oh, Barry Irik, <sighs> one of our writers. By Barry Eirich. Barry irick has been doing a lot of work on the website lately. So yes. uh, there you go. We'll link that in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on the show again. Uh, we love having you and, and you will be back.
3: Awesome. It's always a pleasure. And thank you again.
0: We will drag you kicking, screaming. <laughs> uh, you can find all things uh, Left Behind Game Club uh, at Left Behind Club on Twitter, at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram, uh, on Discord at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Do us two favors if you enjoy the show. Uh, send it to a friend and give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice because it helps a lot. Uh, Michael, uh, where can the wonderful listeners
1: find you on the internet? The fine folks can find me at Ruffalo M on most places online or michaelruffalo.com. Mo, Mo, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on
2: social media platforms at Emmer uh, and also in our Discord server chatting up with all the fine mm-hmm. folks.
0: You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It's a video game movie podcast that comes out seasonally. Uh, As you are listening to this, we are releasing our third season. Uh, We have five episodes to go. Uh, We're we're watching Final Fantasy Spirits Within, which is an interesting movie. Um, We're watching the King of Kong documentary. Um, Just some some wonderful movies. So, So check that out on all major podcasting platforms. And uh, that's all for me. So without further ado, Michael, take us home, please.
1: And that, my friends, is One Less Game Left Behind.
0: I'm Jacob McCourt. I'm Katie Lasbronz. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game movies and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at cutscenespod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you, See you soon. soon.
1: Scenes, a video game movie podcast.